0: Last weekend was so much fun as we got together in person for the first time for many of us since the pandemic began. On Friday night, we gathered around fire pits around the city of Charlotte to hang out and uh, make some s'mores together. On Saturday night, our South Park student ministry uh, gathered together for a fall party and carving pumpkins and eating a lot of candy together. And then on Sunday, we were able to go over to our new campus for a sneak peek and a Sharpie party where we took Sharpie markers and wrote scripture verses and prayers on the walls, uh, which will be the foundation of our new campus. And most especially, we got to see each other after pretty much seven months. And all that was exciting. And I think for all of us, the best part of it was seeing one another again in person. And it was amazing. We obviously did social distancing. We all wore masks and, and did all the COVID-19 precautions. And thank you all for doing that. And yet that couldn't stop us. In fact, it allowed us to be able to spend some quality time together. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, many of you were joking around with me saying, hey, you're not just on uh, the Internet or my television screen. You're not a robot. You're a real person. And uh, absolutely, it was fun to, to joke around about that. Uh, but you know, it's, it's kind of weird. We haven't seen each other for seven months, but it was kind of like a time warp happened. It, it seemed like we picked up right where we were when we were last together, and I think that's a sign that we truly love each other. We care for each other. We're friends. Uh, we are part of the family of Jesus together, and we we were able to pick up right where we left off. And so, if you're not able to, to be there, that's okay. We look forward to many more opportunities in the near future, and so looking forward to seeing more and more of us together as we can, and still seeing each other online. Obviously, some of us are in different states, and we're super excited about that, and and that's going to continue. And uh, we just want to appreciate all that you bring to our congregation as well. One thing, though, last weekend was that I caught myself in a few moments just kind of being sad that some of the people who had been with us along the way, were not able to be there because they have died and gone to be with God in heaven. And I just really miss them having the chance to be there. And some of us used to joke, hey, when are we going to finish this building? I want to live long enough to see that. And I'd laugh and they'd laugh. And I think they were just kidding. But some of them did go on to be with the Lord. And so it, it was some sad moments. They can, you know, I wish they were here to experience this. And I know that you probably felt that way as well for not only our church members, but probably some of your friends and family that have gone to be with the Lord as well. And so uh, kind of mixed emotions in, in all that's going on. And today is All Saints Sunday, in which Christians all around the world will be coming together and remembering and honoring our brothers and sisters in Christ who have gone to be with the Lord in heaven. And we celebrate the fact that they were with God in his full glory. And we also mourn their loss, that we miss them while we're still here on the earth uh, going about our everyday lives. And so it's, again, some mixed emotions. But this is a, a Christian tradition that goes back to at least the fifth century. And it's just a way for us to honor those who have gone to be with God and celebrate their lives and remember that we are still connected to them. And it's called All Saints Sunday because in the Bible, followers of Jesus are addressed as saints. When Paul writes to his churches in the New Testament, he says to the saints in Rome or to the saints in Ephesus or to the saints in Corinth, because once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, uh, we're not perfect yet, but we are being made holy. Uh, and a saint is someone who is who is holy, who's becoming more like Christ, who's set apart from the world. And we're not perfect yet, but we're in that process. And once we receive, uh, Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is with us to give us power over sin, which used to dominate us, right? Doing the wrong thing. Now we have power to resist that and to do the right thing. And so I'm honored to address you today as the saints of the South Park Church uh, family. And it's a special way for us to remember uh, the saints who went ahead of us. Uh, and in fact, in the Apostles' Creed, we talk about the communion of saints, this early creed and which is really basically a statement of our faith, what we believe as Christians, uh, going way back the very beginning of the church, uh, we talk about the communion of saints. And what that simply means is that there is a spiritual bond between the saints, those who are in heaven and those who are still on the earth. And this bond is made possible through Christ, uh, through God, right? God, Father, God, Son, God, the Holy Spirit, that we are spiritually connected to those who have gone Before us. And we're going to be talking about that today as we honor those who have gone before us. I just want to thank Pastor Lindsay for the special way that that she helped us remember uh, our saints here at South Park earlier in our worship service. And we will continue that through this uh, part of the the service as well. Uh, And of course, the the elephant in the room here uh, is death, that we're all going to die one day and we will be separated from each other. Uh, through that death for those who were still living, and and death is something that's scary. It's something that we don't want to talk about. It's something that we deny. We don't even think about it. We think we'll just live forever, Uh, but that's not true, and so today, as we think about All Saints uh, Day, we really kind of wrestle with death, and I think that's been a big part of the fear of, of things that are happening in our world right now. Certainly, the coronavirus has killed people, and it's a scary virus, and we continue to have to battle that. And so that's weighing heavy on our thoughts and our, and our hearts and our minds, plus all the other ways that, that we die in life, uh, certainly through medical health-related ways, through violence, through neglect, through accidents, things like that always happen. Uh, the terrible racism that continues to plague our nation certainly has a lot of violent deaths involved in that, and that just makes us so super angry, and it should make us angry. And so a lot of what we're dealing with in our culture right now is related to death. And so as we think about life and death, as we think about our connection with those who've gone before us, and and knowing that we're also going to die one day, I know really cheery stuff here, where do we get our hope? What what? Where do we turn for hope? And I'm glad you're here because we're going to turn to the Bible, uh, to the good book, to the words of God, because I think that we have a lot of hope that's in the scripture that we can celebrate today. And I'm going to begin by jumping into the book of Revelation, the last book in the New Testament, last book in the the entire Bible. It's, It's a book that can intimidate and scare us. It's a book of hope. It's a book that's hard to understand. And we're just going to take a small glimpse into that. This was written in the first century uh, the disciple John, the apostle John, was given a vision of heaven and a given a vision of uh, a mixture of the future and, and things that are happening, uh, were happening at his time as well. And so there's kind of like this, there's a, a yet and not yet kind of uh, tug of war going on here. There's things that are happening, like yet among us, and there's things that are not yet happened, but they're going to happen in the future. And so this book is, is kind of dancing between that tension. But we're going to see John looking into the throne room of heaven where Jesus is uh, and and appears kind of like a lamb because he was the sacrificial lamb for us uh, offered uh, so that we could be forgiven rather than an, an animal making a sacrifice. And so we're going to see that there is worship happening in heaven. And I, I want you to pay special attention to who's there worshiping uh, and how they might be connected to those of us who are still on the earth. And so let's jump into Revelation chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, before Jesus. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchase for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. So this glimpse into a future celebration in heaven, we see that Jesus is being worshipped by heavenly creatures, but also by people who have died and who were there with Jesus, the elders who, who were there. And then prayers are coming up, and they're taking the form of incense. And so the prayers of the people, right, of of all the saints, I think that's really cool. All the saints' prayers, those who are with God, talking to God in heaven, and those who are on the earth who are sending up prayers to God, are all part of the worship. And and the creatures and, and and the saints are all singing that Jesus is worthy to be worshiped because he made the great sacrifice. He gave his life so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be restored into a right relationship with God. We can live life to the full now and forever in in the kingdom of God. And so the book of Revelation shows that we are bound to one another by worshiping God. That even as we worship today on the earth, that there are saints in heaven who are worshiping Jesus face to face. And it's just cool. We have this spiritual bond connected. We're connected through Christ. Christ. And even though they're somewhere else and we're here, we are connected through Christ. And so we have this bond that we're all worshiping God together. I just think that's encouraging. That's exciting. At some point, we'll be reunited with them uh, in person, face-to-face kind of, so to speak. And it's just going to be an exciting time to be able to worship together. But for now, we are linked through God. We are linked through our worship of God. And that death cannot separate us, which to me... It's a very hopeful message. I want to continue in the New Testament and this time go to uh, one of Paul's letters. Paul is a pastor in the first century. He started a lot of churches in the Mediterranean world. And then he would write them letters, which ultimately became most of the New Testament. And he's writing to the church in Rome in the first century. And he's talking about how not even death, not even challenges in our life can separate us from God. And that, that power of God is what unites us. So let's continue Our journey through the New Testament, looking for hope on All Saints Day and trying to understand how we can deal with the reality of death. And let's pick up with Paul's words in Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. In this time, Christians could easily be killed for their faith. And so Paul is reminding them that death is a reality, but it's not going to separate us from God. We are, For we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the uh, future, nor any powers, nor any higher depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us, From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not life, not death, not violence, not racism, not the coronavirus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God through Christ. And because we are saints and followers of Christ, that means that we're connected through Christ to each other. That even though our loved ones have died and gone to be with God in heaven, we are still connected to them. And we have a bond through Christ that that binds us together and that we have the hope that we will see them again one day and spend eternity with them. And so on this day, this All Saints Day, as we think about death and how it can be something that separates us, may we focus on what binds us together. And that's the power of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the love of God that unites saints, all saints everywhere, whether we're on the earth or whether we're in heaven. We're, we're both worshiping and we remain connected together. And today we do celebrate all of those lives that have touched our hearts. And we grieve that they're not with us on the earth anymore. And, and that's okay to have the mixed emotions. And again, thanks to Pastor Lindsay for helping us have some moments to to remember those in our South Park Church family who have passed away and gone to be with God in heaven, and and also giving us, you know, room to to say aloud or to, you know, to type out people in our own lives uh, who might not be part of our church family, but who have gone to be with God in heaven, family and friends and colleagues and neighbors. So it's just a a special time for us to honor all of these folks. Uh, I'd like to read to you just a, a short comment from uh, the daughter of one of our saints uh, from uh, Linda Hayes. It's her daughter Kay who wrote us just a note as we were preparing for this Sunday. And she said, this is just something I'd like to lift up uh, about my mom. And I think it kind of captures who we are as a congregation and trying to love one another um, as we go through life and deal with death. And so she writes this, Linda, my mother lived life to the fullest and truly was one of a kind. Love that, right? she starts out, she lived her life to the fullest. That's what God calls us to do. That's our focus here. As we, we pursue what Jesus said in John's gospel, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And so Linda lived life to the fullest. She loved her church family so much and her life was all the more richer for the fellowship and support that she was given. Our church family made a huge difference in her life. Though she is deeply missed, she reigns supreme in the father's house, hosting the gatherings like no other. So Linda's gifts of hospitality follow her into heaven. We loved her; she loved us. We went through life together. We lived life to the full, and I just I think that that kind of captures and summarizes all those that we celebrate today. And so, uh, thank you, South Park Church family, for living life to the full, for challenging us each to live life to the full, for caring for each other, and and keeping the bond going, whether it's through life or whether it's through the next life in heaven. We are faithfully following what God called us to do as followers of Jesus. Now, I'd like to take just a few minutes today to focus on three special ladies uh, who we already mentioned today. Uh, And I want to take some time to honor these three ladies, not because they're better than than any of the others that we mentioned, but these three ladies, we have not had a chance to have public memorial services or funerals for them because of COVID-19. Families have been able to do specific things uh, for these loved ones, but we as a congregation have not yet had a chance to do that. And so I'd just like to lift up today, Jenny DeLong, Becky Workman, and Marsha Smith, uh, three very special sisters in Christ. And Jenny was a founding member of our church 54 years ago. And she's been with us through that, Uh, The ups and the downs, and she's been a part of our relaunch, and she has been very supportive of that, and just a very dear soul. And uh, just there's a couple pictures we've been showing. One of those was her greeting me after one of our worship services in the movie theater, and super supportive. Uh, I just one of my uh, favorite memories of Jenny was when I went to meet with the founding members of our church, our charter members, to talk about the possibility of changing the name of the church and to get their input and. Uh, Jim and Elaine Langstep are kind of host this uh, meeting at their house, and uh, we prayed together as a group. We talked together. Uh, we were honest. There was some real resistance to, to changing the name, and I understand that. There was some openness to, hey, this could be something that God's calling us to do, and we just it began a conversation uh, that carried out into all of, the, all of the whole church, and we all made that decision together, and it was just a, a great time to sit down with those who started the church. And afterwards, we had a meal that Jim and Elaine had prepared. And Jenny sat right across from me. And, and she was her typical sweet self, asking about my family and what's going on in my life and sharing what's going on in her life. And uh, it's, it's just one of the, the warm memories that I remember from Jenny and how she just loved me and loved our church and would do whatever it takes to reach people for Jesus. And I miss her. And then there's Becky Workman, who, uh, if you came into the church, especially when we were in the movie theater, she and Marsha Smith were the leaders of our hospitality ministry, and you'd see their smiling faces there. And And they were great to coach and, and get our teams ready to go. And uh, Becky was just such a caregiver. She loved taking care of people and just bringing people up and, and giving them, you know, that bright smile that she had. And she cared for her husband, Gary, who had some physical challenges in his life and, and just did so much for him. And, and he died, you know, just shortly before she did. Uh, and then just seeing Becky have some time after his death uh, to be able to kind of spread her wings a little bit and, and travel around the world some, go to see family out of the country. And uh, she wouldn't trade any of that for anything. She loved taking care of Gary. She loved her family. She loved to be able to travel. She loved our church and she made so many people feel welcome in our congregation and many of us uh, were welcomed by her and some of us were, that was the first person that we met oh, I have a memory right after she passed away uh, I got a text message on my phone and it was from her phone and I, I got the text message and I was reading that I'm like you know I seen this right and kind of spooked me out and then I realized that it was her son Bobby who was writing me using her phone I'm like hey man can you use your own phone? Like, that's kind of scary, man. You, that, whoa, I mean, that's freaking me out, right? But uh, we got through that, and he was just texting to ask if anyone in the church could use some of Becky's furniture because she would want them to have it because that's who she was. She was a giver, she was a caretaker, she was a lovely person, and just full of life. She lived that life to the full as well, super supportive. Um, and that captures who she is. She just, even in her death, she wants to share with those of us that she loved so much. And then Marsha Smith, who was Becky's kind of sister uh, in life. They weren't blood-related, but uh, they and their husbands used to do all kinds of fun stuff together. They were in a hospitality team together, led that together. And we've showed you by now the picture of them standing together on a new church site as they took uh, some refreshments to uh, the, the workers on our church property. And... Marsha, she was just amazing. Just, again, one of those persons that lifts you up when you come in the door. And she was incredibly talented. She, uh, she was a state champion in table tennis, right, like ping pong. Yeah. And, and she, she was still going, like, her whole life. Uh, and, and she would whoop you if, you if you played her. And she was an artist. She was a photographer and just truly had the gift of hospitality. And I remember the last conversation I had with her was on the phone she was in the hospital. I was not allowed to visit because of COVID-19. She's been through many surgeries and over the course of uh, several months and just not doing well and just all this pain and this, this terrible pain, it just it wasn't going away and she was just wearing out. And she said, Kyle, I'm ready to go be with God in heaven and, and, and see my husband and see Becky and those that I love. And and I said, Marsha, that's okay there's things worse than death and you've lived life to the full and you know where you're going and it's okay. And uh, that was an emotional conversation, Uh, but it was was made hopeful because of the power and the truth of the resurrection in Jesus. And so today I just want to again honor all those who have passed away and gone to be with God and to lift up to you Jenny and Becky and Marsha and just to invite you now, if you have a memory of these ladies that you'd like to share with the group, we would love to hear that. And you can type that into the chat right now as we as we remember our sisters in Christ. So what? What's the point? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway today? As we think about all saints, as we think about the book of Revelation, as we think about Paul's letter to the Romans, what is it that God would have us walk away with today? This, this is what I think God is saying in life and death, we are bound together in Christ. In life and death, we are bound together in Christ. And that nothing can come between us and Jesus's love. Nothing can come between us and the spiritual bond that we share with one another. In life and in death, we are bound together in Christ. And praise God for that. As we continue to think about those who've gone before us, I want to shift the conversation to Moses in the Old Testament. We've been paralleling uh, our story of the last seven years relaunching our church, building our new campus, kind of that of the, the Israelites in the Old Testament who escaped slavery from Egypt, and then they were wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years and they were seeking the promised land of Israel. We were seeking, you know, the new campus where we're going to move in and reach people for Jesus uh, in the South Park community. Um, they did it for 40 years. We've been doing it for seven years total, kind of relaunched, three and a half years without a campus. Uh, the people of Israel wandering around for 40 years because they were disobedient to God. We've been doing because we think we've been obedient to God's will. There's still a lot of parallels going on there. One thing that I still wrestle with about the story of the people of Israel is Moses, who led the people out of slavery in Egypt, right? The Exodus, the whole book of Exodus in the Old Testament. He he stood up to the Pharaoh, the ruler of, of Egypt, this powerful person. Uh, Moses, God used him to do miracles such as parting the Red Sea so the people could could pass through there, led the, the people who sometimes got it, who sometimes didn't, and, and gripe and complain to Moses and he loved and cared for them helped them you know through the power of god find the food that god provided the water that god provided had to deal with the golden calf issue Uh, he received the law uh, from god the 613 commands and he shared that with the people of israel just moses did so much but he messed up you know one major time that we see in scripture and god said because of that i'm not going to let you go into the promised land and i really struggle with that i'm like man Come on, God, can't you give Moses a break? I mean, he did all these things right, and he had this one really weak moment. And I guess it reminds us that followers of Jesus were held to a higher standard, and followers of Jesus who were leaders are really held to a high standard. And, and yet my heart still goes out to Moses. And he dies within sight of the promised land, and Joshua has taken over. And we've been talking about that story for the past couple of weeks, and we'll, we'll keep talking about that over the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, but Moses doesn't make it until we get to this passage uh, in the New Testament where Jesus is getting ready to go to Jerusalem. It's at the end of his ministry. He knows he's gonna be killed, uh, nailed to the cross. He's gonna come back and and be resurrected. Jesus knows what's going to happen, and and God calls him to do something to get ready for that. It's, It's kind of a milestone marker moment, kind of like before he started his ministry in general, he went out into the wilderness, faced temptation, He was baptized, God spoke from heaven. Uh, We're having another moment like that. And so Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, three of the disciples up on a mountain, probably Mount Hermon in Israel. And uh, this is what happens. I want to read that to you. This is going to be in Matthew's gospel, first book of the New Testament, Matthew, uh, one of the disciples, and he's recounting this for us. Matthew 17, verses one through three. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. And just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. So Peter, James, and John get to see some pretty amazing things. They see Jesus transfigured, which kind of means transformed. They get to see Jesus in, in a glimpse of his full glory, He's just kind of shining in this this, this bright light, the glory of God fully coming through Jesus. And then we see that two other people show up, Moses and Elijah, both from the Old Testament times. Uh, Moses was the symbol of the law of the people of Israel, the 613 commands that God said, if you're my people, you will follow these commands. It's a big, important part of the Old Testament. Elijah was a prophet in fact, he never died. He was caught up into a fiery chariot and taken into heaven. And, and now he's back with Moses and they're talking to Jesus. And I'd love to hear what they were saying. Uh, we, don't, we don't have that information in the Bible. Uh, but the prophets were spokespeople for God. And they play a huge role in the Bible in the Old Testament. because God had messages for the people of Israel and the other nations. And God would speak to the prophets and they would speak to the people. And there are a lot of books in the Old Testament that are from the prophets. And so, these are two main theological important parts of the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. And their presence with Jesus means that Jesus fulfills the law and the prophets. All that the Old Testament was talking about God was pointing towards Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And so, we spend a lot of time talking about what that looks like and what that means. But what I I want to focus on today is what I think is really cool is that Moses, the leader of the people of Israel, led them through the 40 years in the wilderness, led them through the exodus out of Egypt, all that stuff finally makes it to the promised land. And he's standing on the mountain in the promised land. And I just think that's really cool that God did that. And I know it's mostly all about Jesus being the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, but hey, Moses finally got there. I just think that's awesome. And I'm I'm sure it probably paled in comparison to heaven where we've been hanging out. But still, he had to feel good that he finally got to the promised land. And as I think about Jenny and as I think about Becky and Marcia and uh, Vernon and all the others that, that we've been honoring today, you know, I wish they could be here. I wish they could be here for us moving into the new campus. They've been such a part of our story and have worked hard for that. Uh, And I know that they're with God in heaven and nothing can compare to that. And that's awesome. Uh, But I'm kind of also just hoping, and this is not scriptural, this is just Kyle, just hoping and and believing uh, that God's going to give them some sneak peeks down to say, hey, look, it it was Sharpie party. Hey, look, this is a ribbon cutting. Hey, look, it's the first Sunday, right, to give them that view. And I don't think it's just our saints and getting to see the new campus, Um, I think it's our saints and, and also the saints in your life, your family, your friends, uh, your colleagues, your neighbors, people who might not be associated with our church, but who've died and gone to be with God in heaven. And I know that we would love to, them to be here with us for our weddings and for the baptism of children, the birth of children, the, the graduations, the, the milestone moments, buying our new houses, uh, getting engaged, going to college, you know. I know that we would love to have them here. I, I just, I wish my grandparents could be here to see my children and what they're doing. Um, and it's okay to to, to want that and, and to grieve that that can't happen. But at the same time, we're, we're still connected to these people who've gone before us, who were with Jesus. And they are in the full kingdom of heaven. And I'm hoping God's given them sneak peeks into our lives. And I really believe and hope that that's true. Uh, but at the very least, right, we know that we're connected to them, that they're worshiping Jesus as we're worshiping Jesus, that they're with God in his full presence, even as God is with us right now. And they're in the full kingdom of God and and God's kingdom is here in part on the earth. And one day we will be fully reunited with them and we will stand there face to face. And, And maybe that's a matter of weeks, maybe that's a matter of years, months, somewhere in between, and we'll have a lot of catching up to do. But I'm guessing And I I think it would be true that when we get to that point, that even though whatever time period has transpired between the time when they died to go to be with God in heaven and we die to go to be with God in heaven, I think when we're reunited, it's going to be just like, well, sort of like, similar to like last weekend when we saw each other after a seven-month gap. That whatever the gap is when we last saw our loved ones before we meet again in heaven, that it's going to be like a time warp. And there are a lot of stuff has happened we got to catch up on, but it's going to be just like we saw them yesterday, because we love each other, and they love us, and we are bound to them through our faith and our love in Jesus Christ. And so that gives me hope, that brings me joy, and I hope that brings you comfort today. In life and in death, we are bound together in Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Another special thing that we get to do today is to celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion. And if you've not yet had a chance to just grab something small to eat, grab something uh, small to drink, it could be a glass of water, juice, whatever you've got is going to be fine. But we're going to celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion together. And as we talk about being connected to the saints in heaven, even even as we are the saints on the earth, as we look forward to being reunited with them and with Jesus in, in full and spending forever and eternity together. I think there's one thing that we really need to focus on. And that this is all possible. This is a gift that God makes to us. But we have to choose to accept that gift. We have to choose to say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're Lord and Savior. I want you to come in my life and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for your gift by dying on a cross and coming back to life so that I can be forgiven. God, please forgive me of the wrong things that I've done. Please take away from me my guilt and my shame and replace it with joy and peace and let me live life to the full now in Christ on the earth and live forever in the kingdom of heaven uh, for eternity. We, we need to accept that. Jesus does all the, the heavy lifting. He's done all of the hard work. And the Holy Spirit's with us and gives us the opportunity to receive this gift. But we have to use our own free will to receive that. And I think it's also important that we share this news with as many people as possible. That when we're in heaven, we want to make sure that our friends are there with us. We want to make sure that our family's there with us. We want to make sure that the people we go to school with are, are there with us. Our people that we work with, uh, people in our neighborhoods, and so that's that's why we're here as well. As we've got the good news, and we're called to share that good news with others. That's that's why we're doing. Our relaunch of our church. That's why we were planted 54 years ago. We certainly are grateful that we've received Jesus, but it doesn't stop there. Our goal is to help as many people as possible to find life to the full in Jesus. And so I hope that you're praying for that. I hope you're living a life that inspires people through the power of the Holy Spirit. I hope you're inviting people to uh, faith in Jesus, to the church, to the ministries, that you talk about spiritual things In your life. And if not, that right now would be a great time to invite God to give us wisdom of how to do that, to give us power and and to be bold in sharing the faith that we have through whatever ways that we're able to do in our lives. And so today I just would invite you as we enter into this time of communion to celebrate that death is not the end when we have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when our loved ones have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so, as we prepare to receive this communion, may those thoughts and prayers be on our hearts. As we remember, the last time that Jesus was with his disciples, he sat down and had a meal with them, and he took a loaf of bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you as often as you do this for me. And after that, he took a cup of wine and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many so that your sins may be forgiven. As often as you do this, remember me. Holy communion is a sacrament, which means it's an outward visible sign of an inward spiritual grace. The outward sign is that we're going to eat, some, eat something today and we're going to drink something today. Usually it's bread and grape juice, but whatever you got is great, right? That's the outward sign that you the inward graces is that Jesus forgives us. He washes us clean of our guilt and our shame and our sin and our death and our hell, our separation from each other, and replaces that with joy and peace and life to the full. And so you don't have to be a member of our church to receive this. You don't have to be a baptized Christian. This is God's gift to us. All you have to do is to receive that. Will you pray with me about that right now? Gracious and ever-loving God, thank you for your sacrifice through Jesus. Thank you that you have defeated death, that you have arrested it, Lord, and that our life now begins because we don't have to fear death anymore, God. Yes, we're gonna die one day, but it's it's not the end. It's a transition. It's a transition into the full kingdom of heaven. And in the meantime, God. Great things are happening as well. You're with us here on the earth. The kingdom that you have brought is among us, Lord, and, and that you are with us, Lord, and that we can receive joy and peace and light to the full now, as well as we look forward to the glorious kingdom of heaven and its fullness later one day. And God, we just ask that you would comfort us for those who have gone before us, that we miss them. We're excited for them, Lord, but we also miss them. We thank you for the chance to remember them today. We ask for your forgiveness in our lives, God, the ways that we have failed you, the ways that we failed each other, the things that, that, that keep us separated from one another. So God, just right now, please hear our silent confessions of the things that we need to ask forgiveness for. God, we thank you for that forgiveness. We thank you for giving us life. We thank you for giving us life eternal. We thank you that we are bound together with all saints everywhere, whether they're on the earth or in the heaven, with you, Lord, that we are bound through Christ and your love and your power, Lord, and that in life and death, we are bound together through you. For it's in your holy name that we pray today, Lord, as we ask that you would make whatever we're eating, Be the body of jesus broken for us symbolically and that whatever we're drinking would symbolically be the blood of jesus shed for us in christ's holy name we pray amen so now i'd like to invite you to get your food and your beverage and know that this symbolically symbolizes the body of jesus broken for you and the blood of jesus shed for you this is a way for you to open yourselves to christ to receive christ as lord and savior to rededicate your life to jesus to ask God to help you have wisdom about how you can invite others to come to live this life of faith with us in Jesus. And so I just now would invite you to open your hearts to God. And when we receive communion, really what it means is that you're saying, yes, God, I surrender to you. So know that this, symbolically, is the body of Christ. This symbolically is the blood of Jesus shed for us. In life and death, we are bound together through Christ. Right now, I'd like to invite you to stick around because we're not done worshiping yet. We've got Cole and our modern praise band who are gonna come and lead us in the song, Death Was Arrested. We're we're gonna stick it to death right now and say that death has been arrested and our new lives have begun now and forever in the name of Christ.